Hello, everyone. You are listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast presented by Great Railing. I am Jordan Hall, and as always, I am joined by the dynamic Joe Fordyce, our Flyers pre- and post-game live producer. Joe, we have three games before the April 12th trade deadline. I do not envy Chuck Fletcher's position. I think he's in a really tough spot right now because the Flyers are coming off really what was a crushing loss, a 4-2 defeat to the Bruins in regulation. They win Monday's game in Boston. Uh, It came in overtime, but they still won the game. And on Tuesday night, they had a chance to draw within one point of Boston for that final playoff spot in the East Division. They go into the third period tied 2-2. And once again, Boston just gets the best of them when it matters most. They've done that all season against the Flyers. And to me, the Flyers, this season is just looking like it's running out of these must-win games for them. Uh, So often we're saying, this is a must-win. They need this one. And then they lose it or they don't play well. And then it's like, all right, well, this next one, they really got to have this one. I just feel like it's it's starting to run out of time of the, with, with those uh, 18 games left in this season. They are five points back of the Bruins. And, Joe, they're in sixth place. They're not even in fifth. The Rangers are now in fifth place via tiebreakers, and they can really score goals, and we've seen what they can do against the Flyers. So the Flyers' situation is very complicated in order to make the playoffs. They need to catch the Bruins and also, uh, in many ways, catch the Rangers, even though they're tied in points. How crushing was that loss, Joe, in your mind to the Flyers' playoff hopes? Um, And really, how do you think – can this team do anything over these final three games to convince Chuck Fletcher that they can really compete for a playoff spot? Well, you know, there's a saying in sports, uh, it's getting late early. I think for the Flyers, it's getting late late, and as in too late, um, because – this the same stuff that has plagued them continues to plague them and it's it's bad starts to games and it's um they're they're susceptible and they have been for a good portion of the season to these drastic momentum changing moments in games and whether that be score a goal and give one right back or last night you saw two golden scoring opportunities for the flyers end up with a puck in their own net within 30 seconds later And, you know, these are things that just kill the momentum for your team. Um, I found very interesting last night, uh, I was was watching on the broadcast, um, Keith Jones, after they signed off, interviewed, uh, because of the setup this year, the home team broadcast has to interview the road team's players to send it to their broadcast. So Keith Jones interviewed Jeremy Swayman, the the goalie who made his NHL debut, and this kid looked like he was in disbelief that he actually won the game. Yeah. If you go back and look at the game though, he looked super composed, particularly in this third period, he's making saves in traffic. He's making, you know, swipe saves, saves off deflections. He didn't look starstruck or, um, you know, overwhelmed by the moment for any portion of that game last night. Um, and, and I feel like I feel like we're looking each with each passing game, particularly against the teams that are equal or better than the Flyers standings wise, we're seeing the same things and we're not seeing a, a ton of improvement. And there's a lot of this like um, they're not claiming moral victories, but there's this kind of narrative that's moral victory ish let's say. Um, 
Like, hey, Nolan Patrick looks like he's kind of rounding into form. Or this guy looks like he's rounding into form. That guy's got – and then there's – They played a good period. Right. It's like always – it's always – it's like everyone's grasping at straws for this little thing. But it doesn't seem like it's going to come together. And the amount of runway left for it to come together, there isn't any really. You mentioned three games before the trade deadline. I mean, realistically, right now, with where the Flyers are, are we going to find anything out in these three games that says we need to be a buyer? I don't think so. One of those games against Buffalo is against Buffalo. The other are against the Islanders and the Bruins. And I got to say, honestly, I'm not expecting great things from those two games. So... We'll see what happens, but I, I do not see something happening in the next three games that convinces Chuck Fletcher to be a buyer because you're a buyer when you think you're close. And I don't know how you could say you think this team is close to something big, not just making the playoffs. Yeah, that's what makes this two-game, uh, this back-to-back set against the Bruins even more frustrating was the goaltending situation for Boston, Joe, like you mentioned. Not only are these huge games against the team the Flyers are chasing, but Boston doesn't have Tuka Rask, doesn't have Yaroslav Halak. Uh, the Flyers face Monday – on Monday night, they face a goaltender making his fourth career start. And then on Tuesday night in Philadelphia, they face a goaltender, 22 years old, making his NHL debut. And the Flyers just didn't really take advantage of it. Uh, they let Boston take three points. They let them get a, a point. Uh, in overtime and then obviously winning regulation in their building like that just has to drive you up a wall and uh, especially fans I, I can see why they're frustrated because the team is just so hit or miss um, they, they 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 really in a little bit and once they have you believe in a little bit um, they let you go and Chuck Fletcher is a human he's he's gonna make he's gonna make decisions um with context, it's going to be calculated decisions, but he is a human nonetheless. And you have to believe he's frustrated watching this team. And there has to be some level of frustration uh, as the trade deadline is right around the corner. And if I'm Chuck Fletcher, if I'm someone sitting in that GM chair, I'm not thinking, Hey, let's buy in on this team. Let's, let's make really tough decisions. Let's, let's risk a lot just to say I did something for a team that's not really deserving of it. And I have a feeling he's he's thinking long and hard about that. Uh, he has to be frustrated when he's sitting up there in the management suite watching this team, watching it go down 2 nothing, then play like gangbusters in the second period where you're like, wow, if we play like that, we can win. And then have four shots in the third period, give up a shorthanded goal as the game winner. Like as a GM, I would just almost be frustrated to even think about making additions to this team. Wouldn't you think, Joe? I would think so. And what you just mentioned, the third period last night against Boston, I I think that may have been the most disappointing period of the season because you had a chance to do something real last night, something big, and they just came out flat in the third period. And it's, it's, it's inexplicable. It really is. I, I don't understand. They have a period like they have the second period and just, you know, did you, did you empty the tank? I mean, they put all those shots on um, on this rookie goaltender in the second period, and then they came out almost like the tank was empty in the third. But, but 
the tank can't be empty in the third. And we, we delved into this in the pregame a little bit last night. When you have to play games with this intensity, this must-win sort of intensity every single night that you go out there, does it become an exhausting way to play hockey? Yeah. And maybe it is. Maybe, maybe they've reached the point where, they, where it, it is exhausting. Um, yeah, you think about it. Since, maybe, the, since the start of March, they've played 20 games since the start of March. In 14 of them, they have trailed by multiple goals. Like, like you said, that, that is exhausting. It's exhausting to have to come back from two goals down constantly it's and exhausting think, to watch. Right. <laughs> and we're not even on the ice. Right. It's exhausting to watch games where that kind of stuff pl- plays itself out. And, you know, that the, the, I mentioned earlier that the things that we keep seeing over and over and the snowball mentality of the way things go against them. The, 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 the team never gives up a goal and then it's like they just fight through the rest of the game it's a goal and then it's another goal and it's a huge defensive breakdown. And then it's a soft goal. And it's, you know, everything it's like the house collapses once one thing goes wrong. Yeah. And then so they it's like, you know, you, you, it's a stack of dominoes, one falls and everything else goes with it and they can't fight their way back. And it's been happening for, as you mentioned, pretty much since the beginning of March. Yeah. Well, and, you, and the funny thing is like, that's what happens is, when they consistently fall down like that and they have the pressure of all these must win games, like you have to be perfect in so many ways, or at least you have the pressure of thinking we have to be perfect. Look what happens Tuesday night. They fall down to nothing against the Bruins. They come out in that second period and they look like world beaters. They're incredible. They outshoot the Bruins 25 to seven. They very easily could have had a lead, but they, they were so dominant. And what did they have to show for it? A tie game going into the third period. And then what happens, they're just, maybe they were out of gas. Maybe they had so much energy um, in, that, in that second period that come the third period, yeah, they just like, well, we got to be perfect again. We're, we're only tied because of that. It's just like you're just putting yourself in such um, situations with a little margin for error. And it's tough to play that way. It's tough to win that way. These guys are humans, and eventually that wears on the mind. Um, when, you, when you're putting yourself in those many, that many positions. Well, in, in last night's game in particular, w- what I found very interesting in the game was, you know, right before the game, the Bruins announced Charlie McAvoy's out. And you could argue for the first two periods, they looked very discombobulated on that back line. You know, Matt Grizzlick's used to playing with McAvoy and McAvoy's not there. They have a power play. McAvoy's usually quarterbacking one of the power play units with Grizzlick there as the only other one. And that wasn't there. And they just looked all messy back there on the blue line. So in the third period, I'm thinking to myself, did Bruce Cassidy coach these guys up and change something this drastically in one intermission? Or is, is this more of a flyers problem? And I came away thinking it might, it, it's probably more of a flyers problem. Yeah. They missed the net a ton last night with shots. Yeah. And the other thing uh, that I, I learned from uh, the Jeremy Swayman interview that I was watching on the offline monitor before we went on for post is that Patrice Bergeron basically went in there in the second intermission and said, guys, we're not going to play like this anymore. So the captain of their team goes in and just kind of lays down the law. And this team responds and comes out a totally different team 
in that third period. And it, it, to me, that's particularly impressive. And you just don't have that going on with the Flyers right now. Guys aren't responding to whomever's talking. That's not to say they never respond because we heard it with Claude Giroux the other night. Um, forget which win that was, but Claude Giroux said, I didn't have to get up and say anything. There was a number of guys who got up in the intermission and kind of got these got, got their gears going with these guys. Mm-hmm. So it's happened, but it's not happening nearly enough. And I think that's clear. Okay. It's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Flyers Talk is brought to you by Great Railing. Stop into Great Railing for the highest quality and lowest prices on all your railing, decking, and fencing needs. So, Joe, as we know, we are three games before the trade deadline. At this point, what do you think the Flyers' motives should be at this deadline? In my opinion, I would say you maybe add really, really, really by the margins. Uh, and I'm talking like maybe a rental defenseman uh, that might cost you a draft pick and not much more. I just don't think the Flyers should be willing to give up much or risk much unless they unless they calculate this big decision that they see as a uh, definitely, a, you know, a definitive good move for the future. Um, I think they should just be careful. Maybe add a defenseman, give this team a chance. You know, they're not completely out of it. You know, they're five points out of a playoff spot with 18 games to go. So that is doable. Um, but I just don't think you want to bet the house uh, on this team. And I think at this point, you know, in, in pro sports, you shouldn't be, you know, saying, hey, that's, you know, waving the white flag. It doesn't happen often unless you're a team that's completely in the basement and, and just in total rebuild mode. Um, you're always thinking future, but um, at this point, it's just almost like, hey, let's let's call this one a season, and uh, I think let's focus on next offseason in 2021-22. So that's, that would be my mindset is maybe add a defenseman that's a rental for cheap. Uh, it's not going to cost you much, and give yourself a chance, and then if it doesn't work out, hey, shoot for next season. What do you think? I agree. I think the defenseman uh, rental is a good idea. I will say I would keep my eyes open for a, a move that would could be, could benefit small now, but also the future going forward. Um, if there's any moves out there to be made, but as you said, I would be very I, I'd be very careful at this point um, because you know you you need to be closer than this to really make a, go out and make a move for a big guy that's out there. You need you need to be closer than this, more consistent than this for sure. Um, and I just don't see that with this Flyers team right now. So I would uh, proceed with caution. Um, and I'd have my eyes on, on the future as well. Um, you know, I don't think, I don't think you're going to be unloading any big contracts at this trade deadline, but if the opportunity were to arise to be able to do so, I would, I'd be listening for any and all. Cause let's not forget too, 
the Flyers are going to have to have they're going to have a big decision with Sean Couturier coming up in the in the, the not so distant future here, and that's a big one. Um, and then Scott Lawton's an unrestricted free agent, so they're going to have moves internally that they have to make in addition to wanting to improve um, from the outside as well. So, you know, if you if there's an opportunity out there to perhaps alleviate some of the cap stress. By all means, I would, you know, eyes and ears open. But um, in terms of this particular season, I would, I would, uh, I would proceed with a whole lot of caution if I was Chuck Fletcher. Yeah, I really wonder deep down if Chuck Fletcher is starting to shift gears towards next season. And when we say next season, he can address next season now at the deadline. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's ways to re like the Flyers need to retool. They need to do some things to prepare for next season. Like obviously, this is not the right makeup and. Uh, Joe, I want to ask you, do you think, that, you know, the Flyers have about three, I think three guys come to mind that can be unrestricted free agents after this season uh, that I think Chuck Fletcher will think long and hard about if he wants to use them as pieces to trade and and possibly get something in return that's going to help them for next season. Michael Roffel is one of them. He can be a UFA. Uh, and you wonder if his time is starting to run out with the Flyers. He's been here for a long time. Veteran forward, you wonder if the, the Flyers are thinking, hey, we can get younger uh, in the bottom six along the wing. Um, maybe get something for Rob. I think a contending team I would really like Michael Roffle. I really do, and he comes cheap. Scott Lawton has been a real popular name. Um, contending teams will love that guy. He does not come very expensive. Uh, he's still young, and he does so much. Uh, he's been a popular guy that's starting to climb that TSN trade bait list. And then you can also think of Eric Gustafson, who is now sitting uh, in the press box for most games. And uh, he's going to be an unrestricted free agent after the season um, that you could probably get something for. Do you think they can move some of those guys uh, at the deadline? Um, Not an easy question. I think Lawton, I think they could definitely move. The problem is I think Lawton's a heart and soul guy. I I really think he's good for a team, good for a locker room, can play up and down the lineup. That's not a guy that I would want to see go away if I'm I'm the Flyers. I don't think Eric Gustafson is going to get any much in return. And the fact that he's not playing a lot, isn't doing, it isn't, you know, promoting that. <laughs> so, um, Raffle, I agree. That's a solid guy. You can play in your bottom six. You know, he's going to be descent defensively sound. And Hey, I mean, we know Michael Raffle can shoot the puck. He doesn't always do it maybe as much as, media and fans would, would say, you know, would like to see, but um, he, he definitely has a shot and he can shoot the puck. And I think he'd be a good addition to a team, uh, a team's bottom six that's uh, going for the playoffs playoff run. And, you know, like I said, yeah, you could get, I think you could get something for Lawton. I would just, I really would hate to see Lawton go. Likewise, I think Scott, Scott Lawton really wants to be here from everything I've heard from him and I've been around him for a decent amount of years now. Uh, he loves it here. It's his only organization he's known. He, uh, his, uh, he mentioned the other day, he got engaged and his fiance has been with him since, his fiance Chloe has been with him since his days in Allentown playing for the Phantoms. I think he really wants to be here and I think they're going to figure something out. I think Lawton's a trade chip because he could get a lot in return. So it would be a really tough decision for the Flyers, but I think that's going to be one of those. I need to be blown away by this offer on Scott Lawton if I'm going to give up, give him up because he is a piece of the future. Like he very well could be a piece of the future. 
Michael, Michael Rothwell, I think the Flyers are going to shop a little bit because they know, uh, I think, I'm not sure if they're going to resign him after this and you could get something for him. He's a valuable guy. It would be tough to part ways with him because he's been here. He's done some good things, but I think that's a guy that you say, Hey, uh, Michael, go to a contending team and uh, we, we need to shift gears toward next year. Um, and then Eric Gustafson, I think is a guy that they could very easily give up. And I think they will. I think they'll get a draft pick for him, even if it's like a six round pick or a fifth round or even a seventh round. Then it's a guy you're going to part ways with and just get something for him before he will obviously walk in the offseason. But um, decisions to have. And Joe, it's you know, sure. I was just going to say an interesting thing with Lawton, and we've seen this happen a lot in other sports. It doesn't happen with hockey in a ton, but you, maybe you trade a guy for a rental and you kind of wink, wink it, and hey, let's sign back here in the offseason. Yeah, we've seen that happen. I mean, it happens in baseball all the time. So maybe, maybe you do something like that with Lawton. Like, hey, look, we're gonna have to part ways now. You go try to win a cup. We'll acquire some assets, and let's, you know, let's hook up again in the offseason and and work something out. And I, you know, maybe Scott uh, would be interested in that sort of uh, arrangement. Um, you know, because every player wants to win. They all, every player wants that chance to win a Stanley cup. And if he has a chance to go to a contender for a Stanley cup with the chance to sign back here in the off season, what's it's a win-win for everybody. It sounds like to me. And Joe, you know, it's a shame if, if the flyers just played up to expectations, this wouldn't even be a discussion. No. Scott Lawton would be like an untouchable. Um, they would not be looking to shop. Not, not that they're shopping Scott Lawton, but they probably wouldn't be, totally open to, to listening on him and trying to trade him to a contender. They would be like, well, we are a contender and he's one of our critical pieces, but the Flyers have not met expectations at all. And that's what happens. That's what happens when you don't meet expectations. Uh, the general manager uh, come decision time, come the trading period uh, has to shift his focus. And uh, that's kind of where the Flyers are. And it's a perfect segue uh, for our cold Peru check presented by Duncan Joe, I think there's a lot of debate about these Flyers. Are they going to be a different team next season? Uh, we saw one team in 2019-20 that was very good and storming down the regular season stretch, and it looked like they had a, a viable chance to win the Stanley Cup or at least contend and get to the East Final. Now we have a team that's got the seventh-worst goal differential in the NHL, and uh, they'll, they'll be very fortunate to make the playoffs. So what does 2021-22 have in store? Do you feel like the team needs wholesale changes? Do you think they need to totally kind of, you know, for a lack of a better term, blow it up and just kind of start anew and start building around their young foundation pieces? Or do you think there's still the core in place that, you know, if you retool a bit, they can contend next year? How do you feel about it? Well, I, I don't know that. I don't know that retooling is necessarily possible with the current core because of the money. Um, you have, Jake Voracek, big contract. Giroux on a big contract with a with a no movement clause. You have Kevin Hayes on a big contract. You have a Sean Couturier decision looming, which will be another big contract. And it's really hard to tool, retool around those guys when you're not working with a lot of money. So what I, I I think there needs to be at least some level of wholesale changes. That could be as simple as. Seattle taking one of these contracts off your hands in the expansion draft. So, I mean, they, in some, they need to alleviate some, some money um, off of their books to be able to make any sort of wholesale changes. And 
you know, that's, that's a, I mean, there's a lot of term and a lot of money left on a lot of these contracts and term and money are not things that a lot of teams are looking to add right now in the NHL. So I think there has to be some level of, okay, we got to figure out how to open up some space here. Um, I don't know what that exact, what that move is, but it's got to involve one of their big players. I mean, they just signed Kevin Hayes. So you would think it wouldn't be him. Um, Drew and Voracek, those are tough decisions to have to make. And obviously Drew is the no movement clause. So there's, those are, um, they're not easy moves to make. Um, And it's all, you know, we mentioned the expansion draft and the, can they go in a different direction? Because it's easy to say, oh, they need wholesale changes, but can those changes be made? I think is a bigger question. Can you figure out how to make them? Um, so I don't think retooling is going to work anymore. I think they've tried that a couple times with this core. And, you know, you got what you got in the bubble. They, they you know, they caught a hot streak. They played very well. Uh, their goaltender played well. This year, their goaltending hasn't been nearly as good. Um, and we're seeing a drop-off, quite frankly, in a, lot, in, in a number of guys' play. Um, some of it's coming around more recently. Konechny, in particular, his play has been better recently. But um, I think in order to get to that next level, there has to be wholesale changes. And more importantly, there has to be Chuck Fletcher figuring out a way to allow those wholesale changes to happen. Because right now, I mean, obviously, they're, they're strapped uh, cap-wise right now and cash-wise. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, they really are. And it's a tough position because I, 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 you know, there's some people out there saying, Chuck Fletcher, please just do something, do something, do something. But right now he's probably like, man, I don't, I don't really want to do anything super loudly to supplement this team. I just don't think it's there right now. Uh, this season is just not looking like it's it. So that may make him stand a little bit pat at the deadline, maybe be a bit quieter. And I think that's going to, upset some people or he makes the the decision of taking this entire season and evaluating it and realizing this is not the team moving forward. And then he does something very loud, totally changes everything. Um, And then obviously they totally change course. Uh, It's not, you know, building around this core, putting putting the right coaching staff in place and thinking you're there. Like they went into this season thinking they were close, like they were getting there. Um, So I think Chuck Fletcher is a smart guy and he mentioned about two weeks ago that you want to be careful overanalyzing this season, not to overanalyze it. And you know what? I agree with that. I do. Um, Because it's just a weird year. It's a weird year. And people are going to say that's excuses. People are going to say like, no, it's, you know, other teams are dealing with it and a hundred percent they are, but maybe some other teams dealt with it better than the Flyers. And, it's a weird year. It's only 56 games. Heck, if this was an 82-game season, the Flyers would have a lot of runway left. And who knows? Maybe maybe they would have turned it on. Maybe they would have gotten a much bigger acquisition at the trade deadline, knowing they have much more left to go. And uh, Or maybe they would have been in a better shape had the trade deadline, you know, had the season been in full and they had more time before the trade deadline. 
I just think you do want to be careful and, and not totally blow this up just because the team struggled in a pandemic season um, with, with like the season that started with no fans. Then there were some fans. You're only playing seven other teams um, in a realigned division. Uh, you have young players who like, you just have, you have people that you don't even know, like deep down, we don't know how certain people are dealing with dealing with playing through this pandemic. I, I just think it's a very weird season um, that I would not want to overanalyze it. I'd not, I would not want to put it into, to a cup and, and look at only those ingredients and say, well, we need to decide our whole future right now. Um, and that's what that just tells me. Maybe the Flyers are going to gear up for next season. Uh, they are going to be active at the deadline. They're going to be active in the off season and they're going to really give it one last push here in 2021, 22, because to me, they did it in 2019, 20 with this core. Now they had Matt Niskanen, of course, and we we've all hit on how much they missed that guy. And that's maybe that's what they need. Maybe they need to go out and be very active in the off season, get a top pair defenseman some way, somehow. Then maybe they have to make a very tough decision by, you know, making a trade and losing a piece or two internally to bring a guy externally, but maybe they are a top pair defenseman away. And maybe they are a Carter Hart regular season. Yeah, away. Better goaltending, better, yeah, goal better goaltending, a top pair defenseman and boom, maybe they're back on track. And maybe you don't have to say, blow it up, trade Claude Drew, get him to wave his no claws. Um, trade yeah, Jacob get rid Warchecker. of checker. You know, it's, it, you, you just mentioned loud type of moves as well as, uh, or, or, or smaller type moves. I don't think this trade deadline is a place where you can make loud type of moves. I think you have to get to the end of the season. You have to find out, first of all, what is the prognosis for next season? Um, we know the league wants to get back on their regular start early October, but will we have full buildings? Will, you know, the, the, the revenue, the cap, you want to figure all those things out before you start making loud franchise changing moves. You mentioned, uh, you know, talking to Drew about his, his, his no movement or uh, Voracek's contract, trying to move that or, you know, and, and, and again, the expansion draft is a big, is another big factor here. Um, I would, I would find it hard to believe this team could pull anything like a loud type of move together in the next, you know, week. That doesn't seem like something that would happen for a team that's, around that playoff cutout cutoff line. I don't think the I don't think that that is what's in the cards in season out of season. Then maybe you really look at, you know, the full makeup of the team. Yeah. I think the Flyers are flawed. Obviously that's clear and cut uh, and dry. They are a flawed team right now. They are not, they are not the team that they were last year and they, they need help, but how flawed are they? As are they so flawed that they that you just need to say, "Hey, we need to get rid of our core and just kind of start over." I just don't think they're there yet, and you know, maybe they're maybe they're going to be there after next season. Maybe next season's the the last. Give it a, give it our final hurrah here with this core. See if we can supplement it again, like we did in 2019-20, and and see where we stand when things are a bit more normal uh, in the in the NHL. Maybe after that, yeah, I would agree. And like, they're going to have tough decisions. Claude Drew can be a UFA after next season. Sean Couturier, a UFA after next season. Uh, guys will have uh, will be needing new deals as well. So they're going to have tough decisions down the line. I don't know if you need to really make massively tough decisions right now, forced decisions uh, in a season that's just been strange, weird, 
and has not gone the Flyers' way, and they haven't helped it uh, go their way. I and I'll say also, that. too, you know, it, we're talking about these these moves and whether to, you know, trying to move a Voracek or, you know, trying to move a Giroux. The grass isn't greener always on the other side. So yeah. if, you know, and obviously Drew has full control of his situation with the no movement clause. But hypothetically, if you were to try to move on from him, like you have to have a big time plan in place because he's been the captain of this team for a long time. And you don't just kind of, uh, you don't, it's, it's not chess pieces where you just go, okay, this one out, this one in. That doesn't, that's not the way things work in yeah. sports. You can't just remove a big personality like that, a big, a big time part of the core of the team. And that goes for Voracek as well. Um, you don't just move guys like that. Yeah. Um, and as I mentioned, you know, you're, you know, you, you're not, you're not even in control of, of the Drew situation. So I, I would, I find it hard to believe if Claude Drew is not here, at least through the end of his current deal which is next year. I would find that hard to believe. Um, even if it's just for, you know, a, the stability factor. Yeah. Yeah. I really don't. Yeah. A hundred percent. I agree. I just don't think they're there. And I don't think Chuck Fletcher is going to react like that to 38 games, 38 games so far they've played in this shortened season. Um, and you look at sample sizes, like look at last season, that was a 69 game sample size in which they were, they were a pretty good team. They had the fourth best goal differential in the NHL when the regular season was all said and done, they've taken a massive step back, but I don't think it's because of the core. I don't think the, like, the core pieces have taken such a step back that you're like, well, this, you know, they're running out of time. Like, I think they're, I think they have holes. I just don't think they have gaping holes. I would like to see them try to address it in the off season, address it at the deadline, address it in the off season, see where they stand going into 2020, 21, 22. Um, I just don't think they're there yet, but the Flyers future is certainly being discussed right now. And, that was the cold brew check presented by Duncan. This season, be sure to grab a cold brew for game time because where there's hockey, there's Duncan. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard to snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Well, Joe, it's never boring. It's never boring in Flyers land, that is for sure. I know you guys are having fun on pre- and post-game live. Even when the games are so up and down and so back and forth, uh, it is fun because uh, it is certainly never boring. So thank you so much, Joe. As always, cannot wait to catch you on pre and post game live coming up three games before the NHL trade deadline. Uh, the flyers will have some, some convincing to do. And Jordan, I just want to mention tomorrow's flyers pregame before the game with the Islanders, all time fan favorite uh, mystery guest on tap uh, an interview that uh, everybody will uh, surely be um, wrapped up in it, it. It's, it'll be very good. Uh, we're very excited about it. So an all time fan favorite, a mystery guest on the show flyers pregame live tomorrow leading into the game with the islanders uh that's at six o'clock tomorrow on uh, nbc sports philadelphia that is perfect i cannot wait for that i know the guests 
so I'm spoiled for that, but uh, I will not ruin the surprise, and I can't wait for it. So, fans, you do not want to miss it. It's a very good one, uh, like Joe said. So catch that out on Flyers pregame live. Joe Fordyce, thank you so much for chatting. Can't wait to talk to you soon. A special thank you to Ben Berry, our podcast producer. And Flyers fans, as always, thank you for listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast presented by Great Railing. Wherever you get your podcast, please rate and subscribe, and we cannot wait to talk to you next time.